Today we're previewing the AFC South here on i80 Sports. We're going to talk about some fantasy, we're going to talk about some reality, and we're going to bring you everything you need to know for the start of the 2023 NFL season. I've been enjoying these conversations so far, Scott, and I've been adjusting my rankings accordingly. Every time we film an episode, I do a little more research. I kind of go back and tinker a little bit with my standings, with my target breakdowns and all that great stuff that really yeah. helps drive the uh, cheat sheet over on i80sports.com. Remember, anytime you want to go to i80sports.com, you can get my cheat sheet absolutely free. It is a tiered ranking set, only place on the web you can find it. This is the product of statting out every player in the NFL, uh, getting all their fantasy points. And then I kind of triangulate that with ECR, which is expert consensus rankings, and ADP, which is average draft position to find the best values. Not only about finding the best players, but finding the best value. Where do they fit on our draft sheet? You can find that right now, iedsports.com. I'm here with Scott, and we're previewing the AFC South. It's interesting division. Very interesting division this year. Very interesting division. And and these these South divisions say we'll be recording AFC and NFC back and back back to back if you're with us live. If not, you can check that anywhere you can find podcasts or on YouTube. Kind of a blind spot for me. I, I kind of realized that as I was going through this. They're the teams that aren't, you know, they're not stellar anyway. There's a lot of young moving pieces. And yeah. since I don't really catch as much in the New York area, I really had to do do a deeper dive than some of the others. But let's get right into it, because we're going to start with the Jaguars, 9-8, and eight, and they finished first in the AFC South. That's never a good sign. 350 points, 10th in the NFL, 350 conceded, 12th in the NFL. They lost the division game to the Chiefs, so they did make the playoffs with a barely over 500 record. Yeah, and they were two minutes away from not making the playoffs at all So last year, so... Yeah, absolutely. So let's look at the contributors here. Trevor Lawrence took a big step up, got rid of the college coach, and in you know in the big leagues for the first time. Quarterback eight on the season with twenty five touchdowns, eight interceptions. The leading rusher was Travis Etienne, two hundred twenty rushes, thirty five receptions, one thousand four hundred forty one total yards, five touchdowns. That was good enough to make Travis Etienne the running back seventeen. We had Christian Kirk with eighty four receptions, eleven hundred yards, eight touchdowns. And Zay Jones, 82 receptions for 823 and 5. That puts Christian Kirk at wide receiver 11. Zay Jones at wide receiver 26. Still some value to be had there. And Evan Ingram kind of resurging from his time with the Giants. 73 receptions, 766, 4 touchdowns. Tight end 6. And that's exactly what the Giants wanted him to be when they drafted him. So kind of good to see some moving parts. A lot of... uh, positives from a team that was barely over 500 i think yeah i mean there zay jones came out of nowhere last year to have a have a really good season number one number two etn was a really good running back rushing wise receiving wise he was basically three four targets a game and that was it so we gotta gotta get a little bit more out of etn in the receiving game this year i do agree with that now if you move over to the jaguars they drafted O-line and D-line help, tight end Brenton Strange, and running back Tank Bigsby. 
They added running back to Ernest Johnston and wide receiver Calvin Ridley. They lost edge rusher Arden Key. They lost uh, Juwan Taylor, the offensive tackle there, and they lost wide receiver Marvin Jones Jr. So they did have some big losses and some very big additions. A lot of pieces moving here for Jacksonville this season. Uh, what do you think about their offseason here? The Calvin Ridley trade last year was huge for them, and nobody saw that coming, and everybody you know, wrote Calvin Ridley off, but he came up last year as a trade candidate for the Jaguars, that will be the difference between them them winning nine games and them winning 12 this year is Calvin Ridley's trade. Dearness Johnson's just a piece. I think Tank Bigsby, the guy they drafted out of Auburn, will be the will be the backup to ETN. I believe that to be true. I have uh, Tank Bigsby as, as a uh, handcuff, and I think that he is actually um, quite a valuable handcuff this season. I think he's one of the top yes. guys, actually, that you can go out there and get. Yep. Leaves us with some questions. Does Trevor Lawrence have an even higher ceiling? A uh, quarterback, I believe, it was six or eight last season. Can Trevor Lawrence, you know, be the guy he was always meant to be? Top prospect in high school, top prospect in college. That went right over the draft, and we expected a whole lot. He faltered his first season, but now that he's got everything right, do you think that he, he can get even better? He can get even better. Doug Peterson, the head coach, will, will accentuate his positives as a quarterback. So, And then the Ridley trade you know, makes them a passing team more so than a running team. So, so I think he can be even higher and even better than he was last year. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, next is tank Bigsby more than a handcuff. Now I have Travis Etienne at 250 rush attempts, tank Bigsby at 110. That is, uh, you know, basically all I see, I see Jamarco, uh, J- Jamichael Hasty and Ernest Johnson just kind of being pieces. I don't think that they are a threat for the workload. Uh, about two or three to one in the rushing attempts. Is that how you see this going down, or is Bigsby purely a handcuff? Uh, Bigsby has some standalone value. He's going to be the not only the, the backup, but he's also probably going to be the goal line back, which means that touchdowns are going to – he's going to get all the touchdowns inside the five-yard line, so – he has some standalone value in the preseason. He's done a great job too. So absolutely. So what is the pecking order from the targets? Ridley, Kirk, Ingram. Um, and I guess we have to throw Zay Jones in there. I have it right now. Uh, Christian Kirk and Ridley split out an even 130 targets each. Evan Ingram with 95 targets and Zay Jones with 95 targets. There's a lot of passing to be go on. I think that that's how that goes down. I think everyone else gets 15 or less looks. I don't think um, anyone besides these big four are, are going to have any role to play in this offense whatsoever. You have it the, the way I think it's going to go down. Ridley Kirk, Ingram, Zay Jones. I think that's that's the pecking order in terms of targets. Honestly, I, I, I take a lot of things into account, you know, target share, how many passing attempts, I think, historical data on the workload that these wide receivers have gotten. We have more than a few points. And it's actually kind of funny that Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk, I have them both at 130 even. Zay Jones and Evan Graham, I have exactly at 95 even. Um, that's just kind of how that works out. Going to be a very interesting season from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, and, you know, I am comfortable drafting Trevor Lawrence. I, I think that he has a ton of upside again. I think he's been unlocked. And I think this Jaguars team is going to be pretty good this season. I think that they're going to run away with this division. Yeah, everybody talks about the big three, Mahomes, uh, Hurts, and Allen. I'm with you. I'm perfectly comfortable drafting Trevor Lawrence as my quarterback one. So, Absolutely. Let's move on here and take a little gander at the Tennessee Titans. 7-10 and 10 last season, second in the AFC South. 298 points scored, 
359 conceded. That's a 61-point differential to the negative for the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill last year, 6-6 six and six in 12 games, 13 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Kind of what he's been doing his career. I know he had a couple of really good years with the Titans, but this Titans is a run-first team, and they have Derrick Henry, 349 rushes. I don't think there was any other player outside the quarterback position that had over 30 touches on the ground. I mean, Derrick Henry is like 92%, like some wild number of the touches here. 1,936 yards, 13 total touchdowns. Good enough for running back four on the season. I guess that's what happens when you don't add much in the passing game, huh? Yeah, I mean, he had his his stretches where he caught two or three passes last year, but for the most part, he's just a running back, pure running back, nothing else. So. Then we have the wide receivers here. Robert Woods, wide receiver 64. Traylon Burks, wide receiver 80. And Austin Hooper at tight end, uh, tight end 25. So none of these weapons really meant much to this team last year. No, they did not. Robert Woods had so many drops early in the season that he was unreliable as the season went on. So Traylon Burks is the guy once he gets healthy for them, I think. Not counting DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, so. Yeah, I, I kind of see that as go the way it is, too. Let's take a look at what happened during the draft. They drafted O-line Peter Skoronsky, quarterback Will Levis, and running back Ty J. Spears. They added DeAndre Hopkins, Ed Rusher Arden Key, linebacker Aziz Al-Shair, and some O-line help. But they did lose Robert Woods, left tackle Taylor Luan, Ed Rusher Bud Dupree, and guard Nate Davis. So you got a little bit of a new look offensive line here. Yeah, you do. I mean, they remade their team. Derrick Henry's on the last year of his contract. Who knows if he's coming back after this year. Tajay Spears is going to be a huge addition for them. So, Absolutely. Let's look at this, some questions here. Will any running back get over 25 carries? I mean, I look at this. You got Tajay Spears as the handcuff. Then you have Hassan Haskins, Jonathan Ward. I think Tajay Spears gets about 90 touches this season. I think Derrick Henry, you got to ride him until he, until his legs fall off. And yeah. that's exactly what this Titans team did. It's exactly what I'm going to do. I still have him for 310 touches, only 95 uh, to Tajay Spears. Um and I don't think this really eats into Derrick Henry's workload per se. I still have him at like 1,600 all-purpose yards. Yeah, I agree. Derrick Henry is, you know, gets to 30 years old. That's the that's the age for running backs in, the, in, the, in this league. So Derrick Henry is going to get 20, 22 touches every game. And I, I've, you know, I've read a lot of statistical data that it's not really an age anymore. Like 30 is the age. It's just the number of NFL touches, which he has yep. far surpassed that number of NFL touches. Um, he's taken a lot of hits over the course of his career. Without question, without question. How does the reworked O-line look and can Derrick Henley, Henry survive? That's kind of another question here. On a run first team, you want to have that offensive line set. That is not the case. It's going to be a new offensive line. Is that going to bite in? It is. It is. I, I think, uh, you know, teams are going to stack the box, make Tannehill beat them. I think the O-line is going to have to come up big, especially Skaronsky, who they drafted in the first round. So, Absolutely. Vrabel's going to rely on, you know, the, the groundwork, and he's got a lot of talent on this defense, although they may not have put it together last season. They're actually pretty miserable over the course of last year. I think that that's, you know, Vrabel's thing. Vrabel's allowed to have a bad offense. Vrabel's not allowed yeah. to have a good defense. No, not at all. So, Next up, does DeAndre Hopkins get used as a true wide receiver one? I have him at 120 targets, 82 receptions, just about 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns, and everyone else is splitting 
you know, the rest of the work with, with really no straight ahead number two, I guess, Traylon Burks with 70 targets and then everyone else, you know, getting a piece of that wide receiver three pie. Do you think DeAndre Hopkins could take the step up and see 145, 150 targets? He could, but I don't think Tennessee is going to throw that much. And then they got Traylon Burks and Chica Conquo as tight end. So I think uh, Tennessee is where the veteran wide receivers go to die, so to speak. So, yeah, I guess that is kind of true. Now, I have a lot of targets for him, 120 targets, but that's a lot of the targets that they have. What saves the wide receivers here is that such a small percentage of the targets go to the running back position. Usually you take like 10 or 15% right off the top to go to the running back. That's not happening in Tennessee. Right, right. No, agreed. I mean, they're going to get behind in games, obviously, and Derrick Henry in some of those games is going to become uh, irrelevant. I think so they're going to have to, they're going to have to get up on teams early and often and just run the ball because Tannehill can't throw the ball more than 30 times a game. So this may not be a crazy hot take, but I guess it is something worth mentioning. Uh, when I did my cheat sheet, uh, Derek Henry is now part of my second tier. Mm-hmm. He is my running back seven. He's actually the bottom of the second tier behind Pollard, Barkley, Chubb. Then we get to Henry so offense is going to be very good, and it's just a number of points. He could be the bell cow among all bell cows. If he's not hitting the end zone 10 times, he can't be a top five running back for me. No, he can't. And he wouldn't, he's not a top five running back for me right now. So Let's move on to the Colts. Colts were 4-1-12, third in the AFC South. 289 points scored, third worst in the AFC. 427 points against, worst in the AFC. So they have a big hole to dig this Colts team, uh, kind of, I think they franchise, they uh, leased their future uh, for a win now opportunity. And once that fell apart, the wheels just came off. Minus 138 point differential, worse in the AFC. They're relying on Anthony Richardson to take them back to the promised glory land. I don't think it's going to happen with them. You had Matt Ryan last year, 4 1 and 7 with 14 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. That fell off like Peyton Manning style yeah. epic. Could not get anything done one day. Quarterback yeah. 26 on the season, although even though he, he was that bad just because so many quarterbacks were injured last year. You did have Jonathan Taylor, a bright spot, 192 rushes, 28 receptions, 1,004 yards, four touchdowns. That was enough to be the running back 34. Now, obviously, he's still super talented, but he did miss some time. That's the yeah. only reason why he's here. He was set to be the second or third running back in football last year. Yeah, agreed. I mean, the, you know, their offense was a mess last year, and then when Jonathan Taylor got hurt, it became even more of a mess. So the head coaching hires didn't exactly help them out at all. Their offensive uh, weapons, the wide receivers, looked pretty good at the beginning of last year. Pittman could only put together a wide receiver 23 uh, performance, and Paris Campbell could only put up a wide receiver 48 performance. He did have Jelani Woods do a little bit, 504 yards, three touchdowns from the tight end room. It's about it. There there was nothing going on here last year. No, Pittman had a great first game, and then he struggled to, to get anywhere near that first game output, so... Yeah, I got to correct myself. Uh, that is my predictions for Jelani Woods this this first season. He did not put those number, uh, numbers up last year. Okay. Let's see what happened in the draft. Quarterback, Anthony Richardson. Cornerback, Julius Brents. Wide receiver, Josh Downs. Yet addition, head coach, Shane Steichen. And quarterback, Gardner Minshew should be there behind Richardson. 
He has some key departures. Cornerback Stephon Gilmore, one of you know the best for years in the league. Quarterback Matt Ryan retired. They lost linebacker Bobby Okariki and wide receiver Paris Campbell, bringing his talents to the Big Apple. Yeah, I mean, Gardner Minshew is, is from the Shane Steichen uh, coaching tree, so to speak, in Philadelphia. So that's why he's there, I think. Um, and Anthony Richardson's their starting quarterback. They're going to ride or die with him. Let's move on to some questions. What does Anthony Richardson look like? If you're not a big college football guy, can you tell me a little bit about Anthony Richardson? <laughs> Played in Florida. Didn't throw a lot of touchdown passes. Didn't even throw a lot of passes to, to begin with. He's a running quarterback. He's one of those in the Jalen Hurts type of mold. I'm not saying he's Jalen Hurts, but but he is that. Um, he's going to struggle to throw the ball this year. I don't know if that offensive line can keep him upright. So. All right, next up, what happens with Jonathan Taylor? We've heard so many rumors. Now there's finally rumors of actual deals being proposed. Colts say they want a first rounder, and this is after the owner just kind of, you know, raked him over the coals publicly saying running backs don't matter. Uh, This was, he was always, once I heard those, I'm like, okay, you're saying, I I know you're crazy, but you, you can't recover from that, right? No, you can't. You can't. He He's looking for a first rounder. Nobody's going to give him a first rounder. They're going to t- try to take the equivalent. He's got. They have. I read today six teams that have, have already talked to the Colts about Jonathan Taylor. So we'll see what happens. Now this is going to change my standings very drastically for the offseason. There are two guys, Zach Moss and Evan Hull, and that you know, you do have Kenyon Drake still on this roster, but I'm kind of writing him off. That might be a, a mistake. But do you see like a true number one if Jonathan Taylor? leaves uh because between zach moss and evan hull i kind of have zach moss as his his role is in stone no matter what and it's evan hulk who could really take that step up yeah there's no number one there's no true number one they're there if john the taylor is gone their offense is going to be almost non-existent this year so or is it just anthony richardson it's gonna be like the bills where that's that's what it is it's anthony richardson will be the quarterback and the running back ones for that so. <laughs> zach moss can't get out of a system where he gets a goal line touch look at this no. No, no, agreed. Next, what is the wide receiver target breakdown? I kind of asked this question about just about every team. Right now I have um, Michael Pittman with 130 targets, Pierce with 90, Isaiah McKenzie with 70, and then uh, Jelani Woods with 70. I already told you that. I spoiled my own uh, rankings <laughs> here for a second. You also have Mo Ali cox who's probably good for 25 targets and a touchdown somewhere just to ruin your fantasy week, right? Right. Uh, Pittman's the alpha receiver there, but I don't know how many targets he's going to get or how many catches he's going to get. Anthony Richardson's not consistently uh, targeted-wise throwing the ball to guys. So I I think he's going to be looking at passes going way up over his head, to the left, to the right, on the ground. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good, so. All right, so let's move on. Talking about not good, we do have to finish up here with the Texans. 3-1-13, worst in the AFC South. 289 points scored, third lowest tied with the Colts. They scored exactly the same number of points. 420 points against, minus 131 point differential. That is uh, what I call suboptimal, Scott. Yes, it definitely is. It definitely is. Let's look at who was responsible for this mess last year. Davis Mills, quarterback 21 with an up and down season. He looked really good a couple weeks. Then the wheels came off. Three, one in 10 record. 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. 
Damian Pierce led the, the ground attack, 220 rushes with 30 receptions, 1,104 total yards, five touchdowns, and that was good enough to be running back 27 on the season. No one did anything in Texas in the air. You had Brandon Cooks, wide receiver 59, Chris Moore, wide receiver 61, and Nico Collins, wide receiver 78. What, what happened to the Texans last year? So when Chris Moore is your second leading receiver in terms of ranking-wise, you know you're in trouble. Um, Damian Pierce missed the last three games. His ranking would have been much, much better than 27 last year. Um, they, For whatever reason, they just didn't like Brandon Cooks. You know, they he didn't play a couple games. He, he didn't get targeted, nothing. So I think they'll be better, a little bit better this year with C.J. Stroud, but the receiving core is young and unproven, so. I have no one with 70 receptions on this team. In fact, I have Robert Woods with 68 and Dalton Schultz with 61, and that's like a blessing. They, they, they're they just a bunch of guys here, uh, not really a quarterback, uh, a wide receiver room. Agreed. 100%. In the draft, they picked up C.J. Stroud. We already talked about that. Edge rusher Will Anderson. The Texans also added O-line help with Juice Scruggs and wide receiver Tank Dell late in the draft. They had some additions and some re-signings. They'll be under head coach DeMarco, De, DeMico Ryans. They added defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins, uh, signed Robert Woods, and Dalton Schultz from uh, the Cowboys. And then they got running back Dingle, Devin Singletary and a whole bunch of depth pieces. Lots of moving parts here this season. And the departures, edge rusher Okoronkwo and wide receiver Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, D'Amico Ryan's a defensive guy, so they're going to run the ball a lot. They're not going to throw the balls anywhere near what they probably should be. So, First question we kind of already answered. What does C.J. Stroud look like in the NFL? You you just kind of said not good, right? Not good. Not good. <laughs> we no. will leave it with that. Um, my my big question for the running back room, because I think there is value here. You said D'Amico Ryan's wants to run the ball. Damien Pierce, Devin Singletary. I have right now Damien Pierce, 220 rush attempts. Devin Single, 120. And I have the targets split in uh, Devin Singletary's favor. He should be getting 60. Damien Pierce, 40. Now, that could be positively or negatively impacted by C.J. Stroud. These are just educated guesses that I've taken here. Sometimes rookie uh, uh, quarterbacks like to dump down, check down to that running back. Sometimes yeah. they don't if, if they're run first and they like to keep the ball themselves. So, you know, it, it was very hard putting this together, but I see Damian Pierce, two-thirds of the rushes, Devin Singletary, two-thirds of the receiving work. I agree 100%. I think Damian Pierce is going to get, if you've watched their preseason games, he's gotten 100% of the, of the uh, snaps with the starting unit, and then Devin Singletary's come in. So I, I agree Singletary is going to be the receiving back on the team, and Damian Pierce is going to be the, the running back. So. Damian Pierce is currently 18th on my cheat sheet, and he is, yeah, he is the higher right. of the two there. That's about right. Can a wide receiver one emerge? Now, I don't mean wide receiver one as in top 12. I mean wide receiver one like just a guy that they're going to look to number one. Everybody says Nico Collins. I'm in the Tank Dell camp. I think Tank Dell, could, CJ Stroud wanted him, You know, told the Texans they needed to draft him. They drafted him. Now CJ Stroud's going to prove the Tank Dell was the was the, the pick that he should have been by him for the Texans. So I think it's tanked out. And I think it's going to be way down later in the season that you're going to see a lot of, a lot of yeah. production with him. So 
I could see that happening too. Nico Collins is such, such a talented player. He just hasn't been able to put it together. And then you got like John Mechie, who's going to be, he's going to get 60 targets this season. Very um, unenthused by that. You got Robert Woods, Xavier Hutchinson, Noah Brown, all on this roster. So we will see how that shakes down. Although, unless you're in a dynasty, you're probably not happy about any of these guys, right? Exactly. Tank Dell would be the only guy that you'd even be remotely happy with. And now here's something that might get me, uh, you know, beat up online. Is Dalton Schultz that good, or was he a system guy for the Cowboys? I, I've kind of always thought Dalton Schultz was not a skill that required targets, but a system that required targets. Do you agree with that, or do you think there's a chance Dalton Schultz just steps up and balls out from week one? I agree 100% with the system system take on it. If you remember in Dallas, he was the red zone guy for Dak Prescott for the most part. And that may be what he is with the Texans, is the red zone guy. So, All right. That is our conclusion for the AFC South season preview. Make sure you go to idsports.com. Check out all our great content there. Um, actually, when I'm done filming tonight, I'm going to head right over, put my uh, MLS pants on, and, and do some uh, analysis for another sport here. But um, football right around the corner man i'm so excited i'm so excited to be doing this series learning so much and you know i like when we don't necessarily talk about our picks before we go on air and and we agree on things i like it even more when we don't agree on things that's you know uh where you know you 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 caught fire here but i think we're we're spot on with this division not a ton of fantasy value but there's some nice pieces if you really really laser focused here i'm i agree with you 100 percent All right, let's get out of here. Have a great afternoon. Thank you for joining us here at ID Sports.